Hey guys, happy holidays. Uh, before we start this episode, we wanted to dive into an awesome project that the Unknown Paranormal is doing this holiday season to bring some Christmas cheer to their community. Right now, until December 21st, 2023, they are collecting donations to help make Christmas extra special for families in need. If you would like to donate or find out any more information, make sure to check the episode description or head over to our Instagram. We want to let you guys know that we appreciate you guys listening and hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And this is Megan. And on this, again, long-awaited episode. Now, I'm going to stop saying that shit because <laughs> we're never going to give you a definitive time when this is going to come out because yeah. we always have stuff coming up. So you get it when you get it. Yeah, yeah, But we have a few announcements to start this off before we get into the episode, which is, I say anticipated for me, but the idea came to me later, but I'll explain why. Anyway, uh, announcements. I know we're in the month of December. Which is rounding out close to 2024. Uh, we're going to have a lot of new things next year. Yes. Um, new music, new new intro music, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but new things to add to the, the podcast themselves. We're kind of giving a whole revamp of the way it sounds. Now, the platform is always going to be the same because it's me and you. But we thought about, I don't know, giving more of an entertainment factor to everything. But also, yeah, uh, one major thing is new intro music and stuff like that, so. Yeah. And and I think how we do the intro is a little bit, it's going to be a little bit different. Yes. Uh, than what we have been. And that's just strictly because we've been doing this, what, like three years now? Yeah. Kind of like, I think it's always good to do kind of, not a rebrand, but like a refresh of what we've kind of learned over the years and kind of where we want to go. Because obviously learning and growing and learning new things and stuff, you know, sometimes causes for a different like vibe um and i think we're definitely at a different point now than we were when we first started so it would make sense also we are doing something brand spanking i guess new different in 2024 so we haven't actually gotten the official like advertisements for it yet so we haven't posted on our social media but we thought this would be a good spot to to, to like announce it to say it but uh we are pairing with a local restaurant to do a live podcast episode and a meet and greet a place called pizza bones and it's basically they have an arcade they have like live music sometimes live events and then they have uh like awesome food like and it's like pizza and stuff like that and for in february I believe they gave us the date, but it's not like a hundred. I don't know if it's a hundred percent set in stone, but in February of 2024, we will be doing a live podcast from their stage. Yeah. 
So it'll be two different episodes and then like a meet and greet and a Q&A and stuff like that. So a lot of stuff. And merch will be there too. So if you're not doing anything in February. And you're local to us. Well, if you want to make the trip, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> say so. But if, yeah, if you want to head our way in North Carolina, there's a chance for you, whoever's a good listener, to meet us in person and ask us whatever question you want because it's going to be a whole hour dedicated to that. Yeah. Um, anything on ideas that you have for anything that's running the paranormal or supernatural. But yeah, we were invited to do it because the owner of Pizza Bones is a big fan. So yeah. uh, he asked us and we were like, yeah, well, that, we never thought about doing it that. But yeah. yeah, so this is our first time experience with it. So and we've done a live podcast from lo- haunted locations before, but no one knew we were there. But this is the first time we actually know exactly where we are and can be part of it. Because it's going to be a little, we call it, incon- con- unconventional style podcast of ours yeah because yeah. we are going to involve the, the crowd i mean you can't really hear them so if there is a crowd it might be yeah. just people we know i don't know just yeah but yeah uh we'll have more information on it in the next several episodes leading up to it possibly even a commercial for it so we just play that instead of having to talk about it every single episode yeah and obviously more stuff on our social media about it as well yeah so yeah so look forward to those things but that's just like a good preview of 2024 for us for trying to branch out of our comfort zone and, and do new things and really put like, I guess, our stuff to the test in a sense. I'm fine on stage. You're the one that has oh, a problem. Oh. This is a huge out of my comfort zone thing for me because I... Everybody looking at you. Oh my gosh. But it, I feel like I got it. I feel like I've learned a lot over the three years with talking and with the podcast and stuff like that, that like... Should be able to do it. Actually, I'm not going to say should. I am going to be able to do it. So, yeah. Yes. And, well, no and. I said let's get to it then. Um, Sorry, I was trying to say a word so I didn't burp. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I always tell him, like, do his burping and farting beforehand when he's running his I don't control exercises. when it happens. <sighs> anyway. Sometimes I think you do, but. Oh, if I had that skill. <laughs> if I had that skill. Oh my gosh. He was really clearing aisles in the supermarket the other day. <laughs> clearing aisles. Poor old people that were running through his wall of eight. Oh my god, what does that smell? <laughs> it smells like death. On to the today's episode. Uh, uh, this idea came to me because I, I always wondered about it, but the question people always ask, why are spirits always from like colonial times or like you know like a long time ago in the west or something which is not 100 percent true because we've met spirits who are like 1980s 1990s even 2000s so it's not like they're always there but majority of the people who died a lot in certain areas were from a period of time where dying was a lot simpler than it is now Mm -hmm. right from any kind of illness so you had a lot more death a long time ago but i always had the idea what was the first haunting then when, when did people start actually acknowledging ghosts and spirits and stuff like that? And that can be an idea. How long ago, I mean, you think about ancient times, what was the most ancient haunting ever? I've been learning a lot about uh, ancient history when it comes to the earliest civilizations, i.e. like the Mesopotamia era with the Sumerians and with the uh, Egyptian era and stuff like that. And just learning as much as I can about the history of humankind and stuff like that. Well, for my own interest, but also for a lot of information as well. But I come to find out a lot of stuff 
evolving, let's say, the earliest civilization ever. Well, to us anyway. Might be something older than them. Who knows? But so so far, the oldest recorded civilization, the Mesopotamians, uh, had tales and stories of stuff that seemed like everything it seemed like they influenced everyone else. Like they were the OGs. And everything else that came after was influenced by that. Well, speaking of which, he is normally the one that, like like he said, dives into this kind of stuff. I normally just, I just don't. I don't know why. I just normally just don't. And I found this website. It's called ancientorigins.net. And I was telling him he's got to check it out because it's almost like those sites where like anybody can contribute an article, except instead of anybody can contribute an article, it's strictly people that have historian backgrounds, archaeology backgrounds, like you have to have a specific background to be able to write articles for this website. And there are people that dive into the paranormal side of things and they start and they only talk about like ancient civilizations, like the ancient Greeks, ancient Egyptians, uh, Mesopotamia, like all of the ancient civilizations. And I went down some sort of crazy rabbit hole, especially with the Mesopotamia civilization on the paranormal and different locations that have been haunted for long time. Yes. So I tried to find what was the first earliest time of, <clears throat> sorry, paranormal investigating of any kind. Yeah. And we have to go back about 2,000 years before that. Sorry, 4,000 years. Because you want to do the math. 2,000 years ago was zero, right? And 2,000 years before that was 2,000 B.C. So, technically 4,000 years ago. I don't ever accounts that. They say 2,000 years ago, like, oh, you know, zero, right? No, mm-hmm. 2,000 years before that, so technically 4,000 years. In time of ancient Greece, a man named Arth... Athenodorius? Athenodorius? Canonites. Yeah. Strange wonder if he was the same as Now it's your turn to... It's a freaking Greek name. Anyway. He was a Stoic philosopher and teacher of Caesar Augustus, uh, whose ghostly tale was recorded for, not prosperity, but I guess for lessons, in a Roman letter written by uh, a guy named Pliny the Younger. His name, Pliny the Younger. Wow. Anyway, Pliny, P-L-I-N-Y, like pony with an I, Pliny. <laughs> give me. I'm looking at give you. Me, give me a weird smirk. Yeah. States that there were uh, there was a large house in Athens. I guess is where he gets his name. Uh, with an unsavory, unhealthy reputation. So I guess a lot of bad things happened there. Uh, the sound of what appeared to be weapons clashing, chains clanking. You know the old tale of. Excuse me. <laughs> oh my god! That burp escaped my words as I was speaking. <laughs> oh my gosh! Luckily, it was from the attic and not the basement. <laughs> Anyway. One episode without a burp or a fart would be nice. It's not going to happen. Especially the ones you rip all the time. Oh. <laughs> anyway, chains clanking and it could be heard all night uh, emanating within the, the house. Uh, this phenomenon was soon followed by the spectral appearance of an old man with scraggly hair. So like an old man ghost. This is uh, where you can imagine, uh, I guess, the uh, the effect... 
you know, of all people who live there. So a lot of people are like, I can't stay here. It's ghosts and shit. So they basically just, you know, left it. Um, when Anthrodonius, uh, the philosopher, arrived in Athens, he saw the house for sale. And reading the posted bill, he discovered it at the dwelling's price. He was like, why is it so cheap for a house this nice? Because it was haunted. Mm-hmm. Right? No one wants to live there, so they had to sell it for cheap. So what he did, he was eager to uh, buy the house, but uh, also he wanted to find out why this place was haunted. You know, No one held back in the house's horrific reputation, but the philosopher was not at least put off. So he was like, I'm not fucking scared of this place. Right? Yeah. And he was eager to take uh, take the place. So, evening, when, what's sorry, one evening, he uh, had a couch prepared, uh, set in the front section of the house, so I guess we can lay down. Um, he asked for a torch, a stylus, and a writing table, and then he uh, dismissed everyone else, like, get out of here, I'm going to do this. And to keep his mind from being distracted from imaginary noises and apparitions, he decided to dedicate all his energy toward his writing. What does that sound like? Automatic writing. Automatic writing. Yes. Holy this moly. is in the year 2000 BCE, and him, a philosopher, a Stoic philosopher, decided to do automatic writing. And see, that's the thing that blows my mind. Like when I'm some of the stuff that I'm going to share that I have gotten from that Ancient Origins website, and like just looking up different things, is the fact that you know, like when we start thinking about paranormal investigating and paranormal in general we always like i know i always go to like the 70s the 60s the 50s when a lot of stuff is taken off but they've been trying to get answers to all of this stuff so like so long ago that you know and some of the practices that they did are similar to what we do now yes and we have theories about that yes for later so the first night or at first the night was silent then came the rattling chains, you know, and Athonius, I'm going to call him Athonius, Athonius, neither lifted up his eyes nor laid down his pen. So he basically just said, he was like, I'm not, I'm not looking. Uh, but the noises increased and seemed to get grow closer and closer until eventually they seemed to be like literally right on him. So Athonius looked up and saw the apparition exactly as people described it. An old man with chains of, you know, stood before him beckoning with a finger like, come here, come here. Uh, showing what seems like a remarkable amount of stoicism, Antonius made a sign with his hand uh, that the specter should wait a little and then bent over his work once more. Uh, the ghost, however, had no idea, ideas and shook his chains like, hey, let, pay attention to me. And the philosopher's head and, and beckoned him as before. So, anyway, uh, Antonius now looked up uh, from his torch and followed the spectral man, see what the hell he wants. Uh, the ghost moved slowly as it uh, held, as if it all okay, held by the chain. So, like he was weighing, he's like he was, he was dragging himself with the heaviness of the chains. Once it reached an open area in the house, the courtyard, in the backyard, I guess, the ghost disappeared. Uh, Antonius grabbed a handful of grass and leaves and placed it on the spot where the ghost had vanished. Uh, the next day, Antonius uh, called the magistrate in in his official capacity, and he had him dug up the spot that he marked with all the debris, right? Because, like, there's got to be something here. Otherwise, the ghost told me to come to this spot. Mm-hmm. They found the bones that were all that remained of the long-buried, which had been bound and changed, body. Carefully, they collected the skeletal relics and gave them a proper burial. The tortured soul was now at rest, and the house in Athens is now peaceful once more. Wow. Never said anybody's automatic writing, though. 
Like what he got, yeah. Yeah. But that... So that is, is an old, age-old tale, right? That this philosopher wanted to either prove that the ghosts weren't real or at least find out why this guy was haunting the location. And what do we always say about the whole unfinished business or they're not at rest because their bodies were thrown away or something like that? That goes with a long tale of a lot of things from the past. If people aren't buried properly, their spirit is stuck here and they want to communicate like, hey, you know, I'm not going to able to cross over until you do something. That goes back to even ancient tales. Um, uh, for example, with the Odyssey, something I actually listened to recently, one of the men who died by getting drunk and fell off a cliff was haunting uh, Odysseus, basically saying, I can't move over until you bury my body properly. Uh, and even, I forgot the other ancient tales I was listening to. So I wonder if that kind of goes too with people that are murdered. Well, that's essentially, it's a violent act that their energy gets stuck behind. Sometimes when people are murdered in such a violent way or die so instantly that they don't know they're dead. And people who are murdered are obviously angry at the fact that they died or upset, so they're still behind. And then two, if, for instance, if somebody is murdered, they're not buried properly. They're buried, but they're not buried properly. They're buried so that somebody can't find them versus somebody versus intentionally. Because a lot of the, I know from me, like researching, I was able to find is that a lot of these ancient civilizations, like they really prided themselves on helping the afterlife cross over. Like I didn't realize that and it made my, like, made me open my eyes a lot to like past civilizations and stuff like that because spiritualism back then was so i guess like pre-christianity kind of it was so like a normal everyday thing for everybody like it it like appeasing spirits and helping them cross over to the other side that was something that they regularly did they gave offerings to loved ones that you know passed over and stuff like that so that's just it's so interesting. Something else I found out with ancient stuff. This is not maybe a haunted thing, but it's more of an interesting thing of uh, time. Oh, by the way, that story that I just read for you guys, I got it from a website called Soul Ask. Mm. So I thought I'd shout them out. But supposedly, there was a 3,500-year-old Babylonian tablet that may contain the earliest known depiction of a ghost. This is what I really wanted to talk about more than anything. Um, a tablet they made uh, that was made in ancient Babylon about fifteen hundred BC, or possibly even earlier. Now, this is it either depicted before ancient Egypt around the time of the Babylonians, or right after Mesopotamia. But it's the earliest, it's the earliest description known of a ghost uh, out there. The clay tablet is a guide also to exorcisms. This is where yeah. I completely. Was blown away when I started researching about this. Yeah, because when I, I I found out about that, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So there was a tablet used at the end of the Mesopotamian era, the beginning of the Babylon era, right? That had depictions of how to perform exorcisms of spirits long before, long before the name Christ was even uh, 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 muttered into existence, before. Uh, the Judaistic faith was even around and stuff like that. This idea of exorcism existed a long time ago. So, yeah. that got me thinking. That's the whole premise of the where I want to do this episode. Because ancient form of haunting. So, they were dealing with stuff like that, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. 
Yeah. Well, one thing that blew my mind, too, was going back to this, like, exorcism stuff. In Mesopotamia, they had temple schools, right? And they have said that they believe that this was, like, our basic forms of, like, medical schools for people that wanted to learn about, like, medicine and stuff that they were able to um, excel in, basically. But there was schools that taught exorcisms. And the temple priest, right, produced textbooks to train up-and-coming, essentially, exorcists. So there was, a, there was an article that I read on uh, the ancient origins that kind of goes into this. And I'm just going to kind of, like, summarize it a little bit. Um, but they basically said in the temple schools in Mesopotamia, students learned exorcism rituals, how to mix healing atonements, perform astrology, and how to cure demonic possession. They even trained their students. So in these uh, temple schools, they trained their students on law, ethics, medical billing, and accounting type situations, which is, I thought that was so crazy um, that that was even around back then. Obviously not, like, how we would medical billing in today's society, but, like, how medicine and stuff like that. But they would put exorcism in the same kind of realm as, like, the medical schools, which I thought was crazy. But back then in a lot of those civilizations, they thought spiritual health was the same as regular health. Like, you can get sick and have illnesses from demonic being demonically possessed so thanks to the record keeping of the sumerians archaeologists were able to study their early medical knowledge and religious beliefs scholars have found that the sumerians believed certain spirits caused specific diseases and that spirit entities could enter the body through the patient's head uh, it was important for the priest like in their civilization to know the name of the entity so that he could prescribe the right treatment it was thought that the names of the demons were the names of the diseases for instance one tablet refers to the practice of rubbing someone's head with butter and milk so they can be cleansed of the head disease of heaven possessions in mesopotamia were not limited to diseases of the head symptoms of demonic possession could be felt throughout the entire body according to another tablet symptoms of demonic possession can begin in the muscles of the body the possessed patient could have fever and chills as well as intestinal problems pain in the abdomen that radiates to the back as well as chest pain uh, in this case, the demon did not attack the head. However, the treatment called for purifying the patient with water, then wrapping his head with a bandage and juniper leaves. Um, he must leave the bandage on for one full day and discard it, and then this method supposedly drew the demon out of the patient's skull. Yeah. Which I've always said, um, when you start studying not just demonology, but demons from all forms of all cultures around the world, the creature, the demon, has existed in all faiths and all cultures around the entire planet. Mm -hmm. Not just entirely isolated, just due to Christian faith. So that leads you to believe that ancient civilizations were dealing with them long before the uh, from priests of the Christian faith were around. Yeah, and the fact that there's similarities there that I find very interesting because, you know, I know with me, I thought like the Catholic Church that they were the ones that kind of like founded all this, this stuff in terms of exorcisms and stuff like that. But no, it goes way back. Yeah. 
way back. And from reading what I read, it almost sounds like somewhere along the way, and it could just, I don't know, maybe the fact that different religions over time are being forced almost. Um, it almost seems like they were a little bit more spiritually knowledgeable in terms of like how to handle dark stuff than maybe we are today. I I, I don't know how to ex- explain it that way where it doesn't sound weird, but like, well, you were talking about me before we recorded. You're basically asking me like, why do we see more backwards when it comes to the supernatural and the spiritual side of everything versus how ancient civilizations back then seemed to be more in tune with everything and took it seriously? And the simple answer is because the evolution of science and technology took over that rational thinking of mind, and those who weren't taking science and, and technology seriously were considered irrational. So if you were believing anything about the supernatural could be real or using this or using that to conjure out spirits and stuff like that, that science and technology couldn't prove it didn't exist. If it didn't exist, you were crazy. You were insane. You were a person who should not be around intelligible people. And also it didn't help that a lot of charlatans out there Use the I sense of supernatural to con people out of a lot of stuff and a lot of things. Oh, those ghosts in your house. If you pay me this every month, I'll get rid of it for you. Yeah. So that ruined the imagery of people that heavily in the supernatural. I always theorize that the spiritual realm is a form of access to it in the way that the ancients had it is a form of advanced technology that has been lost or forgotten or basically discarded. Because if we think the ancient civilizations wore technology, was it that handicapped? But they didn't have it all together, the same mm-hmm. way we do now. It's the complete opposite. They had it far more than us. They probably use an endless amount of energy source from a place, say the fourth dimension or the ether, that they could use to their will, moving heavy objects, accessing information, all this stuff. Transporting, you know, transporting stuff along that we saw as crazy and insane, and oh, they're 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 savages or something like that. They can't have this level of technology and stuff like that. There's no way they did it. The aliens had to help. Aliens had to help. That's been our excuse for everything. Aliens had to help. Aliens have had to help. There's no way they could have done this on their own. Yes, they did because they had access to technology that we discard. That's why I always said my hope for the future is that the scientific community takes the supernatural seriously to a point that they want to study it. And invent technology in order to record it and image it as well as anything else that we do. Yeah. It's just a field of science that's yet to be discovered. If you, an electrical engineer and a, uh, uh, we call it a mechanical engineer, will travel back to, say, 1100 and try to explain electricity to people, they would see you as insane. They have no idea what you're talking about. The same way uh, the supernatural is now. Now, there's people out there, psychics and people like us, who have an access to the fourth dimension, not fourth dimension, the ether, right? More so than anyone else. It's almost like a natural form of connection to it. A old form of technology that's still embedded in our blood system. Like, it was coded there. And that goes into the conspiracy theory of how humanity was created. Or an alien species. Who knows? We can go down that rabbit hole. 
but I always, I always made sure, I always wanted to know the paranormal investigation world wasn't, you know, created on a, not created on a whim, but wasn't created within the time of America, within like, say the last 300 years. There's no way. And people think, well, all the spirits that are, have, are the ghosts now obviously died a long time ago. Well, who died before them? You think 2,000 years before then, you had a Mesopotamian. You had wars. People who died in, say, the Greek era and something like that, their ghosts are still around. I don't know if they're still around. I haven't been to those areas. But you think the oldest people on this continent, right, in America, just this country alone, three, 400 years max, Granted, you have Native American spirits from people who passed away spread across the entire country. But the concentration majority of the death that happened here is in the south, in the east, and the west. Of all, especially where we live, right? All the, the Civil War and the Revolutionary War all happened in this state. Yeah. So there's a lot of dead bodies here. A lot of people died in just our state alone. Because we're the original 13 colonies. And then if you go to the south... Consistent killings of slaves of Native Americans and stuff like that. There is a lot of death in concentrated areas of the country. And of course, it's scattered throughout the United States. But the concentration of it has been here. Mm-hmm. And you go to countries that are older, right? That have long history of war, of death, of all this stuff happening. Take England, for example, with the ancient Ram Inn, right? Long line of stuff that's happened at that home particularly, and on that property, hence why it gets its name. But did you find what the oldest American paranormal investigation was? Yes. Yeah, so uh, apparently the first documented uh, paranormal investigation in America was believed to have taken place in 1848 in Hinesville, New York. The investigation was centered around the alleged haunting of the Fox family, particularly the two young daughters, Margarita and Kate Fox. The family came to have experienced strange phenomena, including mysterious knocking sounds and communication with the spirit through a series of raps. Uh, the individual, the investigation was led by a group of prominent individuals, including a local doctor, a lawyer. Um, they conducted various experiments and observations to disor- determine the source of the phenomena. They eventually concluded that the girls were indeed communicating with the spirit in which they referred to as Mr. Splitfoot or the Peddler, which is kind of like a creepy name. <laughs> the investigation gained significant attention and sparked a widespread interest in spiritualism that gained popularity in the 19th century. Um, kind of when that whole, like, communication with the spirits of the deceased and seances and all of that kind of thing uh, took place. But yeah. But you want to know what the, when I was looking for like the oldest demons within history, mm-hmm. right? Long before the devil or Satan or anything that was even mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, there was Lamashtu. Mm. Later to be known as Lilith. Oh. The mother of demons. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, supposedly... She uh, kind of was the original succubus, too. Mm. Yeah. Supposedly she would uh, take the sperm of men through sexual acts, either the wet dreams or something like that, and um, use that to give birth to demons. Wow. Yeah. Lamashtu is her Mesopotamian name. So mm. goes back way back there. Well, when I was researching about Mesopotamia, too... The one thing that they kept 
because I want to say I, uh, I think the name is uh, what is it? Pan Zuzu. Pan Zuzu. Yeah, isn't that a de- demonic name? I think so. I think it's a demon. Because they were talking. Because that's what they were talking about with the Mesopotamia. Yeah. Uh, it was also the demon that was in The Exorcist. Because I wore oh, my shirt. yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, my God. I fail as a freaking horror enthusiast. I don't know I'm wearing why. the shirt. I, I knew <laughs> I knew it from somewhere, but I was like, because I was confusing that one with the one that comes through with the Ouija board, which I don't know why I'm, I'm not scared to say the names, but I just don't. I don't know if people get freaked out. All the shit we've done. I know, but I just don't know if somebody listening is like, I don't want to hear the name. Well, I don't have to worry about nothing. So Not with us, anyway. Yeah. So, if, if yeah. But, but yeah, I thought that was interesting because I was like, dang. And there was a lot of ones, um, I think we might even talk about, because we were talking about doing an episode on different entities and then also on demonic entities as well. And because there's a lot of them that like I've never even heard of that were talked about in different ancient civilizations, so yeah, we get to talk about the ones have names have changed over time, like originally back then, but then their names changed till what they are now, right? Mm-hmm. How different societies and different civilizations took root with them, or decided to adopt them into their horror stories. Yeah, I think... Oh, I didn't even talk about the cave. Okay, so there is a cave. So I also wanted to find some... I've been on the hunt for trying to find new areas that haven't been talked about a lot in the paranormal community. Like, you hear the ancient ram and you hear all of these different spots and you consistently hear them, you know, like, all over the place. But I was like, there's got to be more spots that have worse like bad things it can't just be these these ones you know like you hear the conjuring house the the everything there's got to be more than just what we know and especially older ones well apparently there's this cave called the pentelli cave and it's it's got an interesting backstory and an interesting um like haunted uh activity uh so mount pentic these names Mount We're not good out loud readers. Pentagalius, uh, which is a mountain near Athens, Greece, has been an important uh, area for thousands of years. It's basically the location of a, an ancient quarry, which was made, which is from blah, 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 from which marble was cut out to build the Parthenon um, and other great, great structures in the city of Athens during its gold age. So the, so it's also been called Davlius Cave, or the Pentali Cave is most commonly known as a cave hidden by pine forests. At the back of the 60 meters long and 20 meters high cave is a network of tunnels, one of which leads to an underground pond. Another tunnel, according to different stories, leads to hell. Although the cave does not look too mysterious from the outside, the cave has been the location of many strange events, such as shadow-like apparitions, ghosts, UFOs, and other paranormal entities. According to the article from 
ancient origins. The cave has been considered an otherworldly place since a long time. Um, since ancient times. In ancient times, it was a sacred site to the nature god Pan and his nymphs. A place known as the... Oh, good night. They did not think of Megan when they were in the circle. <laughs> um, the Pan Ipalon. Um, Artifacts have been found in the cave depicting the god. Different things have been cut into the walls, and there is an alcove with a pool of water for some unknown purpose. Uh, after the arrival of Christianity, it was a place of spiritual. Even then, it was a place of spiritual significance, and was a was used as a hideout for Christians, and um, solitary for monks, and a solitary area for monks. According to some accounts, the church at the entrance to the cave was built in the 11th century. I was built at, it was built as two connected chapels. Within one of the chapels, um, some unusual glyphs were, which had been attributed to the monks that used the area. The unusual design of the church had been led to speculation that the church was actually built very early in Christian history. And during the 19th century, the cave also gained notoriety. It was used. It used to be a base by Davalis, who was an infamous outlaw, who was known for stealing from the wealthy. Uh, it is claimed that he had an affair with a French noblewoman who happened to live nearby during that time, and that's why it started changing the name to the Davalis Cave. Always been a strange sight of creepy phenomena. Uh, people would hear mysterious voices coming from the far corridors of the cave. Some people would also hear music that didn't appear to have a source. And the fact that it was an isolated mountain slope and there was like an ominous pine forest also kind of gave some creepy vibes to it. Uh, however, in the 1960s and 70s, paranormal investigators gained an interest in the cave and began looking into it. Uh, by the mid-20th century... UFO, UFO sightings had also been added to the strange stories associated from the cave. Uh, one of the main investigators was a name named George Bolanos. Uh, the investigator continued. The investigation continued for years without progress. These investigations were hindered by malfunctions in technological devices such as cameras and flashlights, as well as particular behavior imprinted onto the investigators so like they would start to investigate their equipment would start going crazy even the flashlights and then be obviously the behavior of the different investigators started to change but apparently uh in 1977 a group of workers and technicians claiming to be from an unknown organization put up barbed wire around the cave and began to work on the cave with dynamite and bulldozers uh, when people tried to go into the cave, they would be turned away by guards posted by the organizations. It was just government involvement. So we have that over here. Obviously, there's certain sites that, you know, like government supposedly got involved in and we can't go and we can't see what's in there. Well, that's a place that's similar in Greece. Um, but the crazy thing is the fact that it goes back so so long. Um, one story in particular that they tell in this article is uh, a couple going on a hike discovered a car perched on a ledge near the cave in a location which seemed impossible for a car to reach. They came back several times over the next several days and the car was still there. Finally, they went up to the car and found that oddly the car did not have any marks of damage uh, expected of a car driven to the position where 
it was. When the car looked into, when the wife looked into some bushes around the car, she started to scream hysterically. When the husband calmed her down, she said that she had seen a white oval-faced shaped creature that was about 24 inches long with two enormous glowing eyes. The husband did not see the creature, but he did see the brushes rustle as if the animal had just moved through them. Days later, the husband also saw something that appeared to be a spinning black sphere outside his car window, which caused him to start screaming and shaking until his wife was able to calm him down. Hmm. There's some weirdness going on at, oh my gosh, at the cave. But yeah, so that cave, if we ever go to Greece, would be interesting too. A lot of places in the old timey days that I want to go to to see how we uh, we favor against them. Well, at least what we can sense and feel. Yeah. You know? And it's crazy because like they're talking about 11th century, right? Mm. And you're still getting stuff now, to even to this day. So the fact that it's that long of a period that there's like paranormal stories and stuff, it just it's mind blowing because that's a lot of freaking years. You know, anyway, you don't think about how long that distance is. You think about a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. right? A hundred years ago from today, nineteen twenty-three. No cell phones, barely electricity. Well, not barely electricity; they had electricity, but it wasn't like everyone had it. Even even poor people who barely have a pot to piss in have electricity. Nineteen twenty-three, upper class. And the rich. Majority had electricity. Sometimes if you were renting an apartment somewhere, they gave you electricity. But other than that, people in the rural area, no. No electricity. That was 100 years ago. 100. 200 years ago. 1823. That's 23 years after the... Actually, not more than that. About 40 years after the Revolutionary War. This took place 4,000 years ago. Yeah. And there were spirits, the hauntings, the energy is still there. So, in 4,000 years from now, your ghost, right, could still be here. That's scary, Isaac. <laughs> I was saying ours, yeah. right? Most likely we just come back around again like we oh have been doing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it's the idea of ancient hauntings and how they still exist now. And there's some theory about the waiting time for spirits. Like, if you're here too long, you basically get automatically moved if you don't finish up what you're trying to do. Like, your unfinished business doesn't get finished. You have, mm-hmm. You're at a timetable. Like, hey, you got a thousand years. Get it fig- you know, figure it out. All right? If yeah. not, not too bad. I don't know if that's the truth or not. It just, a lot of people, most death is concentrated in certain places. Mm-hmm. And I think an important thing that I always talk about in, in other episodes is that you know, like for instance, us with the park, right? We, it's a park, right? It's been a park since the 1980s. But just because it's a park now doesn't mean that that land wasn't something else or didn't have an event that happened hundreds of years ago. And I think that's why it's important if you're getting a feeling or a pull to go to a spot, there might be something there, even though it seems like it it wouldn't be, you know? And I think doing this episode is also important because it covers that. Because, you know, somebody walking past the the cave, right, could say, oh, it's just a cave and a random forest, right? But doesn't know the the significance of, like, the ghost stories that were told all the way back to even the 11th century, you know? So I think 
as investigators, you know, you might say, oh, well, you know, it's like a, a strip mall or it's it's an empty parking lot now, but it may have not been hundreds of years ago. Yeah. You know, so to keep that in mind, and if something was stuck from the 100 years ago, it would still be stuck there now. So I think that's an important thing to, to look at when, you know, you're looking at locations to investigate as well. Well, let me wrap this up here today. Yeah. Uh, what did we talk about next time? So next time is... The Cheshire Demon. Yeah. yeah. So this is... I don't think it's actually a report. Is it in a book or like anything written down that there's this thing exists? I don't know. And that's but, where we're going to find out yes. probably. But... We've encountered, of all the home cases and all the things we've encountered in our time doing what we do, all right, we've encountered a lot of different creatures, which it might, the the premise is about what we, we, class, what we classify as the Cheshire Demon, mm-hmm. but we might throw in also other kinds of demons we've encountered as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think, so when you, different horror movies actually covered this, but like the weird smile thing where it's not a smile it's an uncomfortable like grin i've seen things even when i was a kid that looked like that and doing like isaac said some home cases we've seen some things that look like that and i think there's more to it than just you know like the big stone burly looking like like horn things the gargoyle looking kind of demon or the giant hooved with horns and big black, and like it's like it's like it like almost like black inked, not mm-hmm. black skinned. Almost like like it's like it's covered in black ink or oil mm-hmm. for skin, and have hair and stuff like that. They don't all look like that. Mm-mm. We encounter a lot that look like different kinds of things, which we'll talk about in the episode. I don't mm-hmm. give anything away. Exactly. Yeah. But um, that's what we talk about next week. Yes. Bonus episodes. Oh yes. Um, I just thought in that. Catch me on where the weird one, where the weird ones are. Um, December eighth. December eighth. I'm trying to think of the date. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. December eighth. Catch my uh, interview. I did. Well, I talk about uh my youth. But yes, December eighth. Catch me on where the weird ones are. Where we talk about all the stuff that happened to me on the ranch when I was a kid, and here, uh, host uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin's uh, what we called his his uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Reaction. Reaction. Why did I escape my head? Yeah. And you talk about gnomes, right? Oh, the gnome that I saw. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know gnome. why. Uh, and the episode title that he did, there's no there's, there's gnome, gnome place like, like home, home yeah. with Isaac. <laughs> Which is like, that's like a small piece of the whole damn episode. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, go listen to that. Um, you hear me on another podcast. So. Yeah. But um, we have a, a few ideas of bonus episodes lined up, but we yeah, haven't recorded the them rest, yet. Yeah, so the one I think with my grandmother is coming, and then a possible one with uh, the unknown paranormal team and Mike G. That was on a round table. Riley Bennett's paranormal? What team is he part of? He had a team. I don't think he's part of that team anymore. No, I think he's... he's also, Mike G is part of... Uh, Mike Gale. I, we call him Mike G because we yeah. know a lot of Mikes. Yeah. Um, but Mike G is part of uh, I EVP'd My Pants podcast. Yes. And then he, I think he invests, he does like like readings and stuff, but then I think he also goes out like as himself. Yeah. As an investigator. So. We thought about putting that together. But yeah, so we got a lot of ideas coming uh, hopefully by the end of this month and a lot of new stuff for next year. Yeah. But 
As always, guys, you can catch our social medias at Hidden the Shadows Podcast on Instagram, Hidden the Shah 6 on X, Hidden the Shadows Podcast 2 on TikTok, or links to all our social media. And always, you can listen to us at HiddenTheShadowsPodcast.com. Also, if you need help with anything paranormal related or things of the supernatural advice or help getting rid of stuff, you can cut message us at Hidden Shadows Podcast or on our paranormal page, Hidden Shadows Paranormal. Um, but yeah, as always, guys. Catch your widows in the next one. Yup.